coming so coming like... to Animal Kingdom 2039. Endor. <laughs> no, let's not get it. You just put that out. Of I, I, but I know. But Star Wars is there support yet. It. But. Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow hosts, John Grosso and Paul Jarzembowski. This week, we're discussing intellectual properties at Disney parks. And no, this is not a repeat. Some IPs feel like they're everywhere in the park. Last week, we discussed which ones we'd like to see more of. And today, we're discussing which ones might need a break so we can miss it just a little bit. So, welcome, fellas. Good to be here. I feel like we all have a lot of thoughts. I'm anxious to hear if Paul and I have the same IP, or at least if my umbrella choice covers his. Yeah, who knows? It might. I'm not sure. But if it, if it ends up being that way, we'll see. But uh, no, doing, doing good. Doing good to be here. It's, it, I promise, even though this sounds like we're going to try to give an IP the boot from the Disney parks, we're going to keep this positive. We're going to keep this all in the up and up. Uh, this is a uh, podcast of joy. So, guys, let's let's talk about what's making us happy this week. Who wants to go first? I think Paul. Paul said you you had uh, something that was making you happy this week. Well, this past week was Disney Plus Day, and I I get it. It's kind of like a a little bit of a corporate gimmick to get people to get into Disney Plus. But it also ended up, there's some extra content on there that I was able to watch and I, I love it. There's some great things I, I, uh, I'm glad made it to Disney Plus that I've seen before and I want to see again. But there's one I hadn't seen and I had, because of the pandemic, I didn't see it in the theater. So I got to see Shang-Chi uh, and, uh, and, the, and the Ten Rings. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I... I am all about Marvel's engagement into uh, very culturally rich stories. Um, I love when they not only take somebody's story, but they, they also infuse the, the cultural tradition of that. And Shang-Chi really kind of, there was elements of Chinese culture that were incorporated into it. And, um, you know, I, I, and I just fell in love with the, just the notion I love the type of choreography of, of I, I guess it would be this, the Kung Fu style fighting that's very like a dance, like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that type of flying through the air. And that was part of it. I love that that was infused into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so I, I saw it and I just, I left that and I was like, I am so glad I saw that. Um, we didn't get, I've been wanting to see it in the theaters and, and I was, we were, we were still trying to figure out when would we go, that would be safe, that would be good, um, when would we have time, and then when I discovered that it was landing for free on Disney Plus Day, I'm like, so that night, it's like immediately like, what are we doing tonight? Well, we are having a date night in front of Disney Plus, so we're watching that movie, um, and we were so excited, and it was good, um, so that was the thing. And I just, and then of course I'm flipping through all the other things that came out on Disney plus day. That was fun too. But, but Shang-Chi was one of my uh, particular highlights that really made me happy. And, um, and then of course, I'm just like going deeper, like, Oh, okay. So now that connects to that movie. So like, I'm starting to pile up all the other movies I need to watch because that reminded me of that. Um, so, and we've actually recently been watching the, the X-Men have started to land 
on uh, on Disney Plus. So we've been watching a lot of the X Men movies, like back like like nine like I guess nineties no two thousands X Men like the first first one was in two thousand two thousand yeah. yeah, but like that original series like like going back to it and I'm like these are not bad movies like you know like these are really fun I really enjoy it I miss them I haven't seen them in a while um and so it's been fun kind of going on that one but but yeah shang chi took the prize this week nice i uh i I could build off that because um i have not seen uh shang chi yet that is top of my list I, i should have made space for it like you did paul but uh one of the movies i missed because of the pandemic that i adored was raya and the last dragon i think i told you guys that um off off of show but, uh, you know, in the morning, I watch bits and pieces of, of, of something like that. Just keep me distracted when I'm getting ready for work, when I'm brushing my teeth or whatever. And Raya was captivating. A great main character, fantastic mythos, engaging, not overly campy, but funny. Uh, I, I was astounded at the end of it because I thought, oh, you know, this will be a fun movie that I'll watch. But I'm, I can't possibly be as good as some of the other uh, major uh, Disney theatrical uh, releases because people weren't really talking about it, but I can't believe people aren't talking about it. I thought it was really great. Um, just really, really great all the way around. Great. Uh, and I would love to see a ride based on that. And, you know, talking about underutilized IP now that I don't think it's underutilized because it's early, but it, it was just, and it was also a feast for the eyes. I mean, it was animated, just, it was gorgeous. So I loved that. And then my only other thing I would say, honorable mention is uh, I was watching um, a vlogger who was in Hollywood studios the other day. And um, my God, does that park look beautiful with its Christmas decorations up? It just, it's just that old Hollywood section with the Christmas decorations, Santa Gertie, love it. So that made me happy too. That's awesome. So what's making me happy this week is uh, something I think that everybody can see for themselves when uh, they check out our YouTube channel. Um, We just reacted live to the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, um, which, you know, I think if you're a comic book fan, uh, a comic book movie fan, the Spider-Man movies, uh, along with X-Men, helped kick off the craze in the early 2000s. Um, the original Spider-Man came out in the kind of just months after uh, 9-11. So he really did mean quite a bit to the culture when that movie landed. Uh, And it was just a cultural phenomenon with Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe. And if you've seen the trailer, the new trailer for this movie, there's nods to that uh, original trilogy uh, with Tobey Maguire without ever showing Tobey Maguire yet or his Spider-Man. Um, and there's nods to the Amazing Spider-Man movies that came out in the mid-2000s, or 2012 and I think 2015, uh, before they, they, they turned the page quickly to Tom Holland and his uh, Marvel Universe movies. Um, that movie, or that trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home had several moments that made my geek head explode. So please seek that out. Um, even though it's a, a Marvel Disney partnership with Sony and uh, their film property, it's still a Disney film in, in that regard. And you can see the amazing animatronics for 
Spider-Man now and California Adventure. So yes, please check out our YouTube channel, um, youtube.com backslash this happy podcast. See our uh, reaction, uh, reaction to the trailer um, as soon as this podcast is up. So uh, guys, why don't we get into uh, the topic for this week? Last week, we, we discussed which IPs we would love to see more of. Um, and this week, we're moving on to maybe which IPs could, uh, could take a little bit of a break. Maybe we, uh, we uh, don't see each other as often as we, need, uh, as we do right now. So who wants to kick us off? John? Let's, yeah, let's uh, I'll kick us off because my reflection is short and uh, I think all-encompassing. I don't have a specific IP today uh that i think um is overused uh, my problem is more uh fundamentally or with the recency bias that i i see in sort of the corporate disney um frozen notwithstanding i mean that was a mega hit uh, i love moana i would love to see a ride based on moana but now it's like every nighttime show has moana every nighttime show has coco which was a breathtakingly gorgeous movie in every way and i cannot even listen to remember me without i can't even think about it without tearing up but it feels like they've kind of clamped down on their mega hits and now they're everywhere they're in every nighttime show they're featured prominently in nighttime shows in ways that some of my, perhaps I am biased, some of the sort of 90s golden era um, uh, songs or um, movies were not as you know fully embraced. Like I said last week, we still don't have a Lion King ride. It took us 25 years to get a Little Mermaid ride. Uh, we don't have a Beauty and the Beast ride in you know anywhere. They're already rumoring Coco is coming to Mexico. They're, so... I just feel like there's a very strong recency bias in uh, the Walt Disney Corporation right now, especially with uh, Walt Disney World. And what really kind of upset me with the 50th anniversary celebrations is that so much of this wonderful new IP, and it has been real good lately, pretty much all across the board, was infused to all these celebrations that it really took away from the history and the nostalgia that I think is so important in a Disney experience. And so me, I, I think it's really great to have synergy. I think it's really great to promote a new film in the parks, but sometimes uh, in my opinion, some of these newer IPs, they kind of have to age like a fine wine, not as long perhaps as the Little Mermaid to a Little Mermaid ride, but I don't think we need to go all in so that people get tired of them. Like, I, uh, I was listening to a vlogger the other day and they were playing harmonious and I fast forwarded through that part because it was the same songs repackaged from happily ever after that were also in Disney enchantment. And I'm sure it's a, a lovely to see in person, but I thought no, I, I I've gotten all that. So for me, I would just like to see there's such a diverse portfolio of content, Disney, Marvel, star Wars, and otherwise that can be used at the parks. And I'd like to see them use, they don't even need to take the B lists out, like the Black Cauldrons of the world or the, even the, the old school animated Robin Hood, which one of my favorites. I mean, I'd like to see them do that. But, you know, uh, there's so much out there. Uh, let's, let's, let's use it uh, instead of kind of leaning on the Moana, the Frozen, the Coco, the Toy Story. John, what where is, oh, <laughs> go ahead, Paul. <laughs> so, John, where does your, like, I 
first of all, I like the recency bias. I like that it's the it's this notion that anything that is new and fresh is is superior to anything that is old. But I I'm kind of curious for you. Where do you where is your dividing line of where do you think recent where does recent start and where does classic begin? Um, and I because I I I'd argue that there is probably one streak of quote unquote classic that I think is still used, but I I would argue that you're you're, you're probably right. But I'm just curious where you see the cutoff between classic and recent. That's a real good question. Um, I think that a natural line would be Princess and the Frog on. I think Princess and the Frog was sort of the the start of the new this new era, golden era, I would call it that. But for me, it really kind of starts after Frozen. I think uh -huh. Princess and the Frog and Tangled, now hope, again, this is getting remedied with Princess and the Frog and Splash Mountain, but I feel like the both of those get really kind of the short end of the stick. Um, and then we uh, go hard in the paint on anything Frozen uh, related yeah, sure. uh, on, except for Wreck-It Ralph, even though Wreck-It Ralph got a sequel, you know, it's hard, you're hard pressed to find a lot of that in the That's parks. Um, but yeah, I feel like they kind of, and it, it seems like there's also kind of a, a recency Pixar bias, like yeah. songs from Luca and Soul got into Disney Enchantment, and I love Luca, adored it. But really, for the yeah, 50th anniversary little... of Walt Disney World, yeah. Well, and I, I and I would and I'm what I was getting at before is I think you're probably right on. I like your dating. I think there's a slight streak where there's like a there's like a early 90s Renaissance, um, like like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Lion King. I think those four movies kind of got there. They've got a lot of play in the parks, and then we jump from that to basically Frozen. Yep. Um, but then you're right that anything before Little Mermaid in '89 is, you know, pretty much forgotten. Um, you know, so I, I, I think you're probably right, and I think I again, I think I would like you said we want to we would appreciate the recents if they if maybe just gave us a little less of them and sh shared the wealth. I think yeah. um, if I'm analyzing it a little bit, I feel like the Disney parks have decided that millennials who grew up with the Little Mermaid on and uh, are raising children on the movies of the last 10 years, um, they've decided that those are the people that spend their money at Disney World right now in, in the Disney parks. Yeah. Uh, and they don't care for Gen X dollars. <laughs> Clearly. Because if they did, they would be converting Splash Mountain into the Fox and the Hound. Oh. And we'd have plush gurgies from Black Cauldron to enjoy. <laughs> I'm still okay. giving the love to Black Cauldron, by the way. You can't take that away from me. You no, I think Hood. you should. If you get Robin Hood, I get Black Cauldron. We oh no, I our, get Robin. We gotta have our Hood own dark Disney film Black Cauldron. Like. No, I support that. I think Matt, you're onto something. Uh, what bothers me is this: is um, at least for now, when you're at the parks, you see people. They Disney's brand is so spectacular. They know who Snow White is. They know who Peter Pan is. Like that, they still resonate with those characters. I think Disney, by going all in on at the model that you said, which I think you're spot on, you risk, now ultimately the, those brands are very strong, but you risk diluting that. You know, I mean, I grew up on Snow White and Peter Pan and like I, my, my mom would put me in front of, uh, you know, a Disney movie or Star Wars 
Um, and she would, of course, I would watch The Lion King like a thousand times a day, but I watched all of them and we had all the VHSs. And so I was, you know, I was raised on it all. And I, so I think that Disney might be miscalculating a little bit because there's still so much strength in their original brands. And they have a response, like part of the, like, it, it, I was in a conversation with somebody online once where they, I, I kind of made some of the similar points as you, and they were like, yeah, but you know, my kids don't want to see anything that's before that. And yeah, but they, they probably don't want to see it, but it, it, I mean, not that Disney is like supposed to be like a classroom, but you also want to expose them to the classics. Like, even if they don't want it, like you also like, like my parents exposed me to, you know, Snow White, even though I was born well after Snow White came out, I was not born in 1939 or, you know, but I, you know, but I, but I was exposed to those movies as a kid. So obviously that was passed on. And I think we've stopped doing that kind of passing on of that legacy entertainment, that legacy animation, thinking that only people today only want that for which they live through immediately as opposed mm. to what was something that came before. I mean, in some respects, John, you are a Star Wars fan. Um, and as we all like to point out on our podcast, John was born well after the original Star Wars movies came out, but yet he does appreciate them. So I was raised on the special editions and the prequels. Watch two grown oh, men cringe. You poor, poor child. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I was going, I was, I was giving you something there. You, and you took it and you crumpled it up there, man. <laughs> no, you're 100% right. Um, but I, I will tell you this. My mom, my mom raised me right. I, I watched the original trilogy again and again and again and again to prepare for the prequels. But since it's actually funny, we don't need to get on the Star Wars tangent. But like if you go on the Internet right now, it's all people my age that were raised with the prequels that think the prequels were a good movie or good movies. And look. I'm a Star Wars fan. I will watch literally any of the nine movies or spinoffs at any point and be happy. But the and I like the prequels, but they are objectively bad movies. It's a really uh, I know this is a side tangent for us, but it's a really weird subculture on Twitter where people openly act like the prequels were fantastic films um, and do not get criticism of the three films. Of which I think most people agree they are not good films, although the Revenge of the Sith took a lot of nice steps toward yeah, the end. Yeah. But most people agree outside of Twitter that the and Reddit Reddit is like movie. ravenous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think back to your point, I'll say this. I think people are clamoring for an Oliver and Company dark ride. And I'm really hoping that that happens soon. And I think going back to Paul's point, I think we just need to jam it down their throats and say, hey kids, Billy Joel's got songs for you. Uh, I don't know why that movie hasn't gotten more play. It, it's got a couple bangers on that soundtrack. It does. What's your favorite? You know what? Now you're putting me on the spot. Oh. You know what? Um, what is my favorite? I don't know. I'll go listen to it on Spotify, and I'll tell you in next week's next week's episode. Um, I, I'll allow that. I'll allow that. I got. I gotta say, I was not prepared. I didn't have my my Oliver and Company notes ready. I can tell you week. what my favorite is. 
Why Should I Worry is far and away. It's one of my go. favorite Disney songs. Like, underrated. It's very good. That You know what? That's my number one. There you go. Good. I, got, I, I always have an out for you, Matt. I'm taking the easy way out. Very Princess and the Frog style. Ah, oh, nice. Paul, you want to go? I do, yeah. I, and I can build off of John a little bit here because I have a very specific IP that I think, um, and, and, and John mentioned it, and, um, but I kind of want to, for a moment here, I just want to let you know where you can find this IP. And, and actually, there's a page on the Disney World website that, that I've got this from to tell me exactly. There's a page where you can find all this IP in the parks. It is a very long page. Um, I'll try to go fast. But here's the thing. This is where you can find this IP. You can find it in Epcot at Frozen Ever After. Ah, see, so you now you know, I've given away right away. You can find uh, you can find it at Epcot at the Frozen Ever After dessert party. You can find it at Hollywood Studios in the first time in forever Frozen sing-along celebration. You can see Anna and Elsa at the Royal Summer House in Epcot. You can meet Olaf in Hollywood Studios. You can see Anna and Elsa on the parade floats in the cavalcades of the parades, whatever they're going to have in the Magic Kingdom. You can find them at Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair on the stage at Magic Kingdom. Then you can buy, you can dress up as Anna and Elsa at the Bippity Boppity Boutique in Magic Kingdom. You can buy Olaf at the Wandering Reindeer in Epcot. You can, uh, you can get at Frozen's Fractal Gifts in Hollywood Studios, you can get things. And then you can have an in-room celebration at any hotel. That is how intense the Frozen brand is. And I just want to give props to Disney's Animal Kingdom for not letting Anna, Elsa, Olaf, or any of them invade <laughs> the Animal Kingdom. Oh, Paul, <laughs> But let who it knows, go. The, the, the reindeer, may, maybe uh, Sven's reindeer will probably make its way because Don't it is Don't put animal. that into the ether. Why would you uh, say that? I've done it just now. Hey but Paul, you you left one out. I, I believe did. Prince, I believe Prince Hans is scooping manure at the Tricircle D Ranch. I think you're probably right. You know, I, I think and again, when the first time I saw Frozen, I actually really liked it. I did. I was actually surprised how much I liked it. I was like, this is a quality film. I have since come to kind of dislike it only because I feel like I am being inundated with it. And I feel like, you know, everyone is screaming for it. Everyone wants to, they've got balloons out and I see it all over the place. So for me, that's an IP that I think I would like a little better if I saw a little less. And it's no disrespect. Again, I, I liked the movie when it came out, but I just feel like now we're just getting too much. I will say that one of my absolute favorite IPs that I just talked about is starting to move in that direction, which is Star Wars. I am starting to worry. Like, I actually, when I'm in Hollywood studios, I sometimes worry, for instance, like, like how many places, in, actually, in almost every park, you can buy a Star Wars souvenir, save Animal Kingdom. And I have to give props to Animal Kingdom for really staying true to it, uh, to it because a lot of those major IPs have largely been contained and actually the ips that animal kingdom has you actually only can find you can't find for instance avatar stuff else outside of uh, animal kingdom coming so, coming mean, like, to animal kingdom 2039 endor 
<laughs> no, let's not get it. You just put that out. In there. I, I, but I know. But Star Wars is not there yet. It. But it is. It is starting to move in that. Like now we've got the Star Wars at sea, and I'm like, okay, I love it to death. But now I'm starting to worry. Like, are we getting a little too much now? And are we going to start moving towards it where I'm going to start disliking the thing I fell in love with as a kid? Um, and so that's Frozen. I think has already gone down that path. And I think Star Wars is 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 chasing in that direction. But I just I have Frozen takes the cake for me in terms of the IP that I think I would love a little more if I saw it quite a bit less. I know, and I'm like... sure the angry tweets and uh, all the comments. Um, I am definitely going to suffer that from from many a parent and 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 many a listener out there who's going to be like, "How dare you!" But it's it's just I I like the movie to begin with, and now I kind of don't. I think it's because I've been oversaturated. I get it. I, I get where you're going with it. Um, <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, the counterpoint. I love it. No, no, no. Here we go. Uh, no, we go. I, you know, I I think I think when they went Broadway show for Frozen, telling the same story that people just saw in the movie theater four years prior was overkill. Yeah. So I think. There's no way for them to put the genie back in the frozen bottle. There's animated shorts everywhere. You know, like I feel like every every like three weeks, Josh Gad is is Olaf telling us about his uh the thing he did in between uh frozen and frozen ever after. So like what they gotta do is they gotta make us miss those characters. And really, they've been given the treatment as an animated movie that very few Disney animated films have ever gotten, which is a follow-up sequel. Record Ralph got one, um, which is, which is amazing. But um, I've got one that I think has gone to the well way too much. I think Disney has gone to the well way too much. Um, And I say that with a, with one caveat. Cars is a property that I feel like for some reason Disney went all in in the last 10 years. Merchandise. Uh-huh. The merchandising. Um, which is crazy because I have three children and not a one of them has been bitten rapidly by the cars bug. Um, and, and I think we all can agree that Larry the Cable Guy is an acquired taste. Um, And I think having him say daggum every four feet that you move at a Disney park is not a fun experience. Um, And I'll say this, I haven't been there, but I've seen plenty of, of videos. Cars Land might be the most impressive American um a land extension in the last maybe in the in the last 25 to 30 years it lives up to the hype um over at california adventure um it is a master class in imagineering um with taking a ride that we have at epcot um and taking that type of cars experience and maybe scaling it down just a little bit in terms of speed 
you know, like we get test track with its with 65 miles an hour in Epcot. That California Adventure, because it's more of a kid friendly, it probably goes, I think, about 35 or 30 miles an hour. But Radiator Springs Racers is a fantastic looking ride. Might be one of the best e-ticket e attractions they've ever produced. Um, it's those films come to life. Now, I will say this. I don't like those films. All three of those films uh, are um, the kind of thing where I, I can watch and go an hour later and go, did I, did I watch a Cars movie? Like, they're instantly forgettable. Um, and they're not Pixar at their best. Um, so it makes, it makes me a little sad that something like Toy Story gets a very half-hearted land at Hollywood Studios with a roller coaster and one or two rides, uh, one or two other rides. But something like Cars gets an incredibly themed, well-detailed Cars land. Um, and I know that they've tried to dip their toes in Hollywood Studios with some Cars experiences as well. Um, it really does not feel like they, they, they've got their whole heart in it. And I've seen some of the, the uh, tram tour out in uh, Disneyland Paris, which really, um, I wish you all could see John's face right now as I, as I brought that up. Um, they should have just called that budget cuts the tram ride. Because uh, every, every bit of effort they put in California Adventure with Cars Land they did the complete opposite in Paris. Um, and I know the very picky, very choosy European audience, the, the Parisians are not going to be happy with half-hearted efforts like that. Um, Disney's gonna have to go to back to the drawing board at some point real soon to, to try to, I think, clean that mess up. For that uh, whole park. Yeah, yeah, so I'll say this. Uh, I won't be sad when cars gets put in the rear view mirror. But I'm bum. Very nice. That's my walk off. All right, well, we're done. We're done. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt is killing me today. I'm, I'm laughing. I have great. to just mute myself every five seconds. Well, so I want to I want to drive a little bit into this. Sorry. Yes, please. <laughs> so swerve right in here, Paul. I'm gonna swerve right in. Yeah, you guys so, stop. Now, Matt, um, so this is the other thing, too. Is it is perhaps the issue, and maybe it's with mine as well, that they've gone all in, not on a type of, like, in a land. Like, okay, so we're talking about a land, Cars land, and even Toy Story land. Okay, and even Galaxy's Edge Star Wars land. The one thing that kind of unites them all is that they're, like, before when we did land, we did Adventure Land. We did Future World and World Showcase and Frontierland. These were concepts. And right. now, not only have we not like, okay, so there was one part where Hollywood Studios had Pixar Place. Um, they got rid of that kind of in their redo. But that was a little bit better because at least it was like, this is all the Pixar stuff, with, you know, which actually just was pretty much Toy Story. Um, occasionally, you know, you might see one other random, I think maybe a car would come by, but, um, but now like with Toy Story Land and with Galaxy's Edge and with Cars Land, it's one, one movie for a whole land. 
or a movie franchise and a whole land as opposed to a concept. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if like, are we leaning? And it also kind of gets to John's point of, are we leaning too much into these very recent properties that we're going to, we're going to make a whole land around them as opposed to the concept of the future, the frontier, the fa our fantasies, even like in animal kingdom, you know, dinosaur land or, you know, Asia or yeah. your countries, you know, um, Harry Potter really kicked that off at Universal. I so. And even Pandora, I guess, I guess Animal Kingdom isn't immune from this because we've got yeah, Pandora. Pandora. So one movie, a whole land. Well, that's a fundamental. We should talk about that on another pod. And actually, Perhaps. this is something I'd particularly like to hear Matt's perspective on. Um, it, it seems like there's a fundamental shift in creative, in Imagineering and in Universal creative, but in, in theme park creative from what Paul you're saying uh, create and imagine an experience to live the movie or the book or the whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, in some ways phenomenal. Right. Um, but in others, like, uh, yeah, I think you lose, I think you pin pigeonhole yourself a little bit. And then of course there's Disney that did, did neither of those with Galaxy's Edge. So I think people were clamoring to go to Tatooine or Bespin or Hoth or Endor, yeah. you know, in the OT and you get sequel trilogy place that never existed in the films. So exactly. I think they, they, they're in a difficult spot as a corporation because they're trying to give almost like fan service the land, uh -huh. but they're not, um, they're not fully committing to it. Um, like, like Star Wars Land could, Galaxy's Edge could be something where if you could travel to different worlds within the land, yeah. but you're in a very tight locale in an area that looks Star Wars-ish, but doesn't necessarily convey the actual experience of, of the movies, of the shows, everything that we love about Star Wars. It doesn't necessarily convey that. Um, like Toy Story Land or Cars Land, I feel like if they expanded it more to, to Pixar Land, where you can go to various parts of, of the, the IPs and experience like Slinky Dogs Dash or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's got to be more conceptual, as Paul was saying. I feel like they, they focus in so tight um, that it that it doesn't necessarily give the the full experience that people want. And when you're trying to please everyone, they, they wind up not pleasing anyone. Right. Um, I mean, it, it'd be as if like when Walt Disney uh, built Disneyland, he had Snow White Land, you know, we would look at that now and go, oh my God, yeah, okay, you need to change that. But instead, no, he said, okay, let's, let's put Snow White in Fantasyland. And let's think of all the potential fantasy, the fantasy we have IP for, which he was happy to put, he was happy to put, uh, you know, Mr. Toad, and he was happy to put uh, a Snow White and Peter Pan in those places, uh, because that was a uniting factor. But then he put up things that had nothing to do with any of the IP, um, like Small World, like he created that one from scratch that wasn't based on anything. So he created these, and the Matterhorn, the Matterhorn's not based on, I mean, yeah, he did have some movies that did feature that stuff but it wasn't really um you know that wasn't so he created 
a concept instead of focusing in. And I think if we were to look at like Snow White Land today or Mr. Toad's Land today, we'd probably like, there'd be a lot of rethinking and let's retheme that. Um, yeah. And I worry that that's going to happen. Like, like give, give us another 15 or 20 years and will these lands, which we now think are so cool, are we going to have to gut the whole land so that we can come up with the latest new movie or maybe they'll come and say, let's do a whole conceptual land. Yeah, that's to, uh, I, for our listeners, I'd, I'd like our listeners to, I realize we're running up on time, but I'd like our listeners to, to do a little exercise at home. If you're, if you're a Disney fan, think of your favorite rides. The ones that I hear from people, usually Expedition Everest, Tower of Terror. Now there is yeah. IP, it's not Disney IP. And I would say that it's integrated well. Uh, Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. Mountain you know, anything in Epcot, um, you know, circa 1982 to 2000 test track is something I hear repeatedly. Soren. Soren. Yeah. I mean, uh, those are non IP and I'm not saying IP is bad. I look rise of the resistance is very clearly the best ride in the world right now. I mean, it's one award after award people are, but think about those classics that stay with you. They're not IP. Now, Pirates of the Caribbean used to be that. Now there's IP around it, but that came after the ride. Uh, that's actually, and again, that's good. I mean, like Jungle Cruise and, uh, and, and, and Pirates and Haunted Mansion are, I love that IP was created from them as opposed to them being created from the IP. Like that's, and that's fine. I think I'm actually all on board with like, take what, take, take someone's Imagineer Imagineering and then build off of that. I feel like that's, I don't know, call me a purist, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff where, but yeah, we can go around a lot, a lot about this. And we, and again, we're going to have, what makes us happy though, I think essentially is those kinds of experiences. So um, I think just we should always be careful. And I, and a lot of it is Disney will respond to our, our trends. So, you know, if, if you want to see more of that, you know, then keep going on. And, you know, if you do your Genie Plus, make sure you do your Genie Plus for all those rides that you really do love to show that's where you go. Um, and that's what, hopefully that will follow. We'll see. Hopefully our corporate overlords will notice our behavior. <laughs> we'll see, yeah. But well said, Paul, well said. Um, we want to know what our audience's thoughts are. So I hope they're sharing, uh, they listen to this episode um, maybe they've got some thoughts about some IP that they feel like they can't escape, or maybe they want to, you know, last week's episode, maybe they want to see more. Please share your opinion at thishappypodcast at gmail.com. Click subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, TuneIn. We're on YouTube. See our reaction to the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Leave us a review there. Leave us a review on all the, uh, all the, uh, the podcast uh, platforms share with your friends, please give us nice five-star ratings so we can jump up in the ratings. Um, and even, but ultimately, even just, comment, just comment. We've had some great back and forth with some of our listeners in the last couple of weeks that we've really enjoyed. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we had a couple comments on our Facebook page that, um, you know, really was nice to read. Um, great feedback please keep sharing that on uh, on facebook twitter and instagram uh you can find us at this happy podcast 
guys this was a good episode a lot of fun to, to discuss what uh what we need a break from at the disney parks um i'm looking forward to doing this again next week please uh everybody uh share a little joy in your own life with others and uh extend that happiness um to yourself as well um thank you so much for listening guys it was great to talk with you we will see you real soon Thank <laughs> you.